There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. On this episode of Newt's World, the Maryland State Department of Education recently released the 2022 state test results known as MCAP, Maryland Comprehensive Assessment Program. Baltimore City's math scores were the lowest in the state. Just 7% of third through eighth graders tested proficient in math, which means 93% could not do math at grade level. Journalist Chris Pabst from Fox 45 Baltimore has been leading Project Baltimore reporting for years. He and his team combed through the scores of all 150 city schools where the state math test was given and found in 23 Baltimore city schools there were zero students who tested proficient in math. Zero. I was shocked to hear that the Baltimore city school system is failing at students at this level and I wanted to discuss why this is happening. So I'm really pleased to welcome back my guest, Chris Pabst, Sinclair's Fox 45 Project Baltimore lead investigative reporter. And he is joined by Giovanni Patterson, a parent who is suing the Baltimore City School System for their failure to properly educate students. Chris and Giovanni, thank you both for joining me on Newt's World. Thank you for having me back. Thank you for having me. Chris, we last spoke when you were on Newt's World back in August of 2021. What's happened in the Baltimore public schools since? Well, the situation is largely exactly what it was. And we did have the pandemic. We came through the pandemic. And prior to the pandemic, Baltimore City was already seeing very significant issues with educating many of its students. The pandemic certainly made it worse, but it was getting worse. The trends were going down before the pandemic even hit. Graduation rates, attendance, college enrollment, all of those things were going down in 2019 and 2020. The pandemic hits and now it's just more severe, which led to us looking at that MCAP data. And the MCAP 
was not administered during COVID. So the Maryland State Department of Education didn't issue those tests during COVID. The numbers that came out in January of this year that we analyzed and found those 23 schools, that was the first time that the state had done that type of full state assessments. So we really wanted to look at it deeper. And when the state came out with their data, they gave a very cursory view of what the data looked like. So then we acquired the data. As you said, Mr. Speaker, we looked through it. And that's when we made these stunning discoveries that there were 23 entire schools in Baltimore City that did not have one student that could pass the state math test, that could do math at grade level. And when we saw that data, we were like, okay, this can't be true. We looked at it over, we double-checked it, we triple-checked it, we sent an email to Baltimore City Public Schools, we said, hey, we're doing this story, coming up in a couple days, we got these 23 schools, we gave them an opportunity to challenge the data if it weren't accurate, but it turns out that it's true. We got 23 schools in this city with zero students proficient in math. It's just unbelievable. This included 10 high schools, eight elementary schools, three middle high schools, and two elementary middle schools. And I didn't realize this, but apparently there are another 20 Baltimore City schools that had just one or two students test proficient in math. I mean, is that true? Correct. So when we looked at the data and we found those 23 schools with zero students proficient, we also found that, okay, well, there's some schools that have one, one kid proficient. There's a number of schools that have two kids proficient. So we thought that it was also newsworthy to point out that there's a lot of schools that almost have zero students proficient. And that's another 20. Now, as you mentioned earlier, Mr. Speaker, there's 150 schools in Baltimore City that took these MCAP tests. 43 of them, almost an entire third of the city, had zero, one, or two students who were proficient in math. And this encompasses thousands and thousands of kids that are taking these tests that just simply aren't doing math at grade level. I do want to make a comment that we just picked up on, that in Illinois there are 53 schools that have not a single student doing math at the grade level. And I'm beginning to look around the whole country because we really almost have to have a Save the Children program. Now, there was a teacher at Patterson High School in Baltimore who came forward to Project Baltimore with information that showed that 77% of the high school students read at an elementary school level. How do you react to something like that? Well, what had happened in that situation, that was a story that we had done in 2022. It was a story we did just about a year ago. And your original question to me was, you know, what has happened since the last time we spoke? A teacher had come to us with iReady scores. And what iReady scores are is these schools do individual testing beyond any other state testing because they want to get an idea of where their kids are. And these iReady scores are done around the country. Many schools do them. So the teacher understands, okay, this kid is doing as say reading at a fifth grade level or a first grade level or a ninth grade or a tenth grade level. And when they do that, it helps the teacher know where the kid is. Well, this particular teacher got iReady scores back for the whole school and sent them to me and was like, you need to look at this data. This is where our kids are 
in Baltimore City. And this is Patterson High School. This is one of the biggest high schools in the entire city. And we looked at these iReady scores and found that 77% of the kids in this high school were reading at an elementary school level. I think it was around 80 kids were reading at a first grade level, 75 kids were reading at a second grade level, and the rest of them were reading at third, fourth, and fifth grade levels. But that is just another data point that we were able to uncover with the sources that we have in Baltimore City. And also the math scores were very similar. I don't have that story right in front of me, but I think it was 78% of the kids at this high school were doing math at an elementary school level. This is something that over the six years that we've been doing Project Baltimore, these are stories that we have done a number of times. Like these are becoming stories that are common, which is a very scary thing in Baltimore City. And if you look at a lot of the Facebook comments and then the social media comments, when we produce a story like this, a lot of people will say, well, this is just the way it is. And we get that comment a lot. That is just the way it is. 77% of kids at a high school are reading at an elementary school level. And that's just the way it is. And I think it's a very scary place for Baltimore to be. For the first three quarters of the 2020-2021 school year, 41% of the high school students at a grade point average of below one. That is less than a D average. That's another one of these headlines that we were able to produce because of the sources that we have within the school system, where we had found that, and this is the entirety of Baltimore City Public Schools, the entirety of the school system, 41% of all the high school kids had below a 1.0 GPA through the first three quarters of that school year. That's below a D grade point average. And for those stories, like similar to the 23 schools with no kids proficient in math or the 77% of kids at Patterson High School reading at an elementary school level, the Baltimore City school system refuses to interview with us. They will not answer these questions. We can't get any school board member to speak with us. We can't get the CEO or any of her cabinet level position members to speak with us. They will simply not address these issues. They won't talk about it. And, you know, as a journalist, that's frustrating because we are trying to get answers for the people of Baltimore City, the taxpayers who are paying the $1.6 billion into this school system and getting results like that. But the leaders of the school system, they don't want to address it. They don't want to talk about it. The mayor doesn't want to talk about it. He fully supports the school CEO in Baltimore. He fully supports the school board, which he appoints, by the way. The school board is appointed by the mayor. And that's kind of where we are in Baltimore City. We have these headlines that obviously make national headlines. They catch your attention. They catch the entire country's attention. But nobody in Baltimore City will do an interview about it or discuss it. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I mean, it's so bad that 70% of those high school graduates in 2018 who did go on to university, 70% had to take remedial classes in basic reading and math. I mean, the Baltimore school budget is $21,000 per student. So a class of 20, which is probably smaller than their average class, would be a $400,000 investment. How do they spend $21,000 a student and have results like this? That was the entire premise of why Project Baltimore was created by Fox 45, was we could see that Baltimore City Public Schools is one of the most funded large school systems in America. It floats between number three and number five as the most funding per pupil in America. But we could see the scores. We can see the graduation rates. And we came together and we said, hey, why don't we put together an investigative team, Mr. Speaker, to answer that specific question. How can we be spending this much money and getting the results that we just went over. And as stunning as those results are, we have done more stories over the past six years along those lines. And we're trying to get to those answers. We're trying to figure out what's going on. Not much has changed in the last six years in terms of the progress. A lot of the stories that we have done, we've done a number of stories on grade changing and grade fixing. Situations like that have improved. But as far as the overall performance of the student, it really hasn't gotten any better. In fact, I think I could make a very legitimate argument that it's gotten worse. In the six years that we've been doing this, graduation rates are lower, attendance is lower, college enrollment is lower. And what the legislature just did in Maryland is they passed what's known as the Kerwin Plan, which is called the Blueprint for Maryland's Future which significantly increased the amount of money that is going to public schools, specifically Baltimore City public schools. So that $21,000 per student that we mentioned, which is already top five in America for large school systems, is going to get to about $30,000 in the next couple of years. But in putting more money into the school system, they haven't really changed the system. Teachers are going to be getting more money. Principals are going to be getting more money. Tutors are going to be getting more money. But the overall way that the school system runs, the overall way that is operated is going to largely remain the same. So the idea here was put more money into the same system and they're crossing their fingers and hoping that the results are going to improve. The city schools budget 
is a billion six hundred and twenty million dollars. Yeah, it's a stunning amount of money. It's hard to imagine spending that much money for no results. It's an interesting question because the Maryland Constitution says students have the right to quote a thorough and efficient system of free public schools. What does that mean? Well, that has been challenged in court. And what that means is that the students of Baltimore City Public Schools are entitled to essentially a free education. But the courts have also determined that doesn't mean it has to be a good education. And that is really where Maryland sits right now. And there have been a number of lawsuits that have come through the state of Maryland challenging that language that you just mentioned that is found in the Constitution. And every time it goes before a judge, the judge rules that you are entitled to a free education, but not necessarily a good education. So that is really why a lot of people feel that Maryland and Baltimore City is where it is. And as the legislature and as a state taxpayer continues to pour you know, $1.6 billion a year into the school system, which as we just mentioned, because of the Kerwin plan that we talked about, every year that's going to go up as the population of Baltimore is shrinking pretty rapidly, specifically in the school system as people are trying to get out. That's just where the state is right now. And it's where Baltimore City is right now. And there are a lot of people in the state that are saying, hey, why don't we take that $21,000, let's attach it to a student and give the parent the ability to go to a private school, go to a parochial school, go to another public school with that $21,000 so they can get out of these 23 schools. They can get out of Patterson High School where 77% of the kids are reading in elementary school levels. Maryland is a state that has a very powerful teachers union, has a lot of money, a lot of members. It may be the most powerful lobbying group in the state of Maryland, and they oppose the idea of vouchers and things to that nature so that those types of ideas in Maryland don't get very far. So is the Baltimore County Schools any different from the Baltimore City? The Baltimore County Schools do perform better. We had done a story earlier this week, about a week after the story about the school with the 23 schools in Baltimore City, where we performed the same MCAP state testing analysis on the county as we did in the city. Now, the county over the past 10 years has really been struggling. It's been declining. Student performance has been declining rapidly. And we thought, okay, well, what does the data look like in Baltimore County? So we did the same analysis, and we found that there were seven schools in Baltimore County that have zero students proficient in math. Now, keep in mind, Baltimore County is significantly larger than Baltimore City. Many more students, many more schools. There were seven schools in Baltimore County with zero students proficient in math and another 10 schools that had just one or two students proficient in math. So in the county, the total number was 17. In Baltimore City, the total number was 43. But in an apples to apples comparison, Baltimore County has 120,000 students. Baltimore City has about 75,000. So the county is much larger, but they have a lot of problems. That system's superintendent just announced that he's gonna be stepping down. He's not going to seek a second contract. So new leadership is coming into Baltimore County. The parents of Baltimore County got together, said, what is going on in our school system? 
they essentially got the superintendent to resign, if you will. But that is not happening in the city. The city is fully behind its public education system. At least the leaders are. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Someone who tried to change that, who's with us today, is Giovanni Patterson, who ran for Baltimore City Council in 2020 and had the courage to run as a Republican and got almost a fifth of the vote. But you also, Giovanni, play a bigger role because you have really worked on changing things. And in 2022, you became chairman of People for Elected Accountability and Civic Engagement, which was a ballot issue committee that successfully petitioned to introduce term limits for Baltimore City. And your wife, Shonda, was a teacher in Baltimore City Schools before deciding to homeschool your four-year-old. And I think, if I remember correctly, that your 10-year-old goes to a charter school. What's been the difference in your experience between the 10-year-old and a charter school and what would be happening if they were in the Baltimore City Schools? I think there's a lot that goes towards the culture of education in Baltimore City as well. So in our home, you know, we're very focused on education. But, you know, there's some things that I'm not really happy with at the charter school. And, you know, I am working on putting her in a different school. But the difference is night and day between, you know, charter schools and the homeschooling and actually the way charter schools are run in Baltimore City. One of the big things that have been going on and one of the main issues with this is accountability or the lack thereof. And the amazing thing about Baltimore City Public Schools is that they're able to hold the charter schools that they want accountable. There's a situation going on right now with another charter school in Baltimore City that's up for renewal. And some of the claims against the school are they've been bad stewards of funds. They're misusing the public dollar. Their processes and procedures are being implemented incorrectly. So a lot of the things that they're able to accuse a single school of they're guilty of themselves. So it just shows that the schools do have the capacity for accountability, 
but don't necessarily want to apply it to themselves when it comes to the traditional schools in Baltimore City. When you look at this, I mean, one of the things I think people have made an argument about is that there's actually deliberate fraud by intentionally misrepresenting enrollment data so that they get the money for people who actually aren't in the school. I mean, is that a serious problem? When you look at anything, you just follow the money. But we got to think about this. I mean, the schools get money from, receive money rather, from three different levels. They receive money from the federal level, the state level, and the local level. Well, how do they get that money? Well, all this comes through taxes. So it is the public's money that they're using and misrepresenting to receive that public money. So it is a big issue because the people that we say, hey, are supposed to be accountable and transparent aren't really being accountable and transparent. When you have kids that are enrolled that are dead or kids that are enrolled that haven't been there at all, you know, this issue of ghost students just to receive the money, I think that's a huge issue. And it really just lacks transparency and accountability. So you have filed a lawsuit over the Baltimore City school system. What's the basis of your lawsuit? Well, it's actually pretty interesting, Speaker Gingrich, because it's a taxpayer standing lawsuit, which alleges that the Baltimore City Public Schools and Baltimore City has willingly and knowingly been misusing and misappropriating taxpayer funds. And the result has been a poor performing school system that, again, lacks transparency, lacks accountability and is not serving the interests of the public. What do your attorneys tell you is the basis for getting a different result out of this kind of case and the way you've approached it? We do have standing because I am a taxpayer in Baltimore City. We submitted a lawsuit. We've actually gone through and survived the motion to dismiss. So we are actually in the discovery phase now. So what's going to happen next is we're going to find out how much and how deep this thing goes in terms of fraudulent records, grade changing. These things are already illegal or wrong to do by the school system. So if they're doing it with the taxpayer funds, they should be held accountable with this. What you've done is instead of approaching it as a parent who's being cheated in terms of the education standard, you're approaching it as a taxpayer who's being cheated because, in fact, they're misusing your money. I mean, is that an accurate way to describe it? 100 percent. I mean, we're all putting into the system. I mean, your property taxes, your federal taxes that go into this. This is a nationwide issue. I mean, we're all pouring money into Baltimore City schools to get that one point six billion dollar budget. And the way the money gets used is not showing that the Baltimore City public school system has been good stewards and serving in the best interest of the people of Baltimore. When 70 percent of the high school graduates have to have remedial classes, there ought to be some mechanism where the university, in effect, charges the school system for having failed to do its job. You're basically paying twice. I mean, you're paying because they're supposed to get educated in grade school and high school. And then when that fails, you're paying so that they can take remedial courses in a public university. In a way, you're paying twice for something that should have happened in the first place. You're absolutely right. You know, if the money doesn't follow the child with things like school choice, people who do decide to take their children and put them into a different educational model are paying twice as well. They still have to pay property taxes and they have to then pay the child's tuition to a different school. So some people may end up paying three times. Given these kind of results, which are given these kind of results, which are devastating to the children and a huge threat to our entire future as a country, why do you think most of the people 
in Baltimore City aren't really enraged and angry about this? Well, there's a lot of what I call political apathy going on. And there's so many issues surrounding the people in Baltimore. It's hard to get behind one single issue. And then when you do get some momentum behind an issue, it's almost like one person in government can just stroke the pen and either ostracize you or completely discredit you. And then nothing further happens. So there's a lot of discouraged people in Baltimore City that quite honestly feel powerless. When my mom graduated from the schools back in the 80s, she said these things were going on in Baltimore City. But again, we get those comments like this is just the way it's always been. This is going to be the way it always will be. At some point, we have to take a stand and say, no, it doesn't have to be like this anymore. And we can expect more and greater from our public systems. But also, you know, it goes back to culture as well. We have to have a culture surrounded by education. We have to value education as a community, as a city, to see a lot of these things change. There's just so many different aspects that go in. There's not a magic fix for everything, but it is going to take a lot of action from a lot of different sources to get to the true success that we wish to see. What you would love to have happen is a genuine citizens reform movement that decided that the children were worth saving. The idea that 75,000 young Americans are trapped in this kind of failure, which will then affect their entire lives and affect their communities, is, I think, pretty horrifying. I 100% agree with you. And also, the schools have kind of positioned themselves as the saviors and the ones that know everything. And we see this really going on across the country with parents being seen as less than valuable to the schools. I mean, there was the school board member in Iowa that stated the client is not the parent, the client is the community. So they're essentially negating and not including the parents. And that's exactly what's happened in a lot of ways in Baltimore City, where a lot of parents do feel like the school system have positioned themselves as the experts and the all-knowing ones, and now have essentially led us down a dark path where you know, our kids are not educated and they're taking our money to do that. Chris, is it impossible to create a reform movement? And how much of that is just apathy and how much of it is the power of the teachers union? Well, it's certainly not impossible. But as we mentioned earlier, the teachers union has a lot of power. They have a lot of money and they are generally supporting of the status quo. And their plan to fix the problem is to put more money into the system. And we talked about the Kerwin plan and how it's going to add 30 billion additional tax dollars to the public education system in Maryland in the first 10 years. And this bill was passed two years ago during the pandemic. And the way that they see the future of education is really by negating the idea of charter schools. They don't like charter schools. Maryland has very difficult rules for owning and creating a charter school. I think there's only about 35 charter schools in the entire state of Maryland, 40 at the most, in a fairly large state, because the teachers unions, when the charter school laws were written, made sure that the charter schools were unionized. They didn't have a choice. They had to unionize. So they have a lot of power in this state. And as long as the money is flowing and the votes are flowing and the politicians want the support of the teachers unions in order to be able to win, 
it's going to be really hard for a lot of these movements to have success, which I think journalistically is very interesting to see how Giovanni has put forth his lawsuit, because if you can't do it through the political process, perhaps you can affect positive change through the court system. And we have seen that before, and we saw it with the civil rights movement. And in the 50s and the 60s. Are we seeing that now? And is that the solution to a lot of the issues that you're seeing in Baltimore City with education? And I'll just make one other point. People are choosing what they want to do with their feet. The population of Baltimore has lost hundreds of thousands of people over the past few decades and is continuing to shrink. Even since the 2020 census, Baltimore has lost population. People are leaving. As soon as they have kids, they're getting out of the city. And we're seeing the numbers. We're seeing it happen. So people are choosing to leave. And what a lot of the people in Maryland want to see is that you don't have to leave your home. You don't have to uproot from your community and go to another place. If the money could follow the student and you could get to another school without having to move, why not just allow that to happen instead of having to force the parent to go through the inconvenience of selling their home and buying another. But I do think it's possible that there could be a lot of change in Baltimore City, but it's a significant uphill battle. The federal government has a real interest, both because young Americans are being cheated in what I think is the real civil rights issue of our time, and because federal dollars are being wasted on a grand scale. So it strikes me that at some point down the road, there may be a federal involvement in cleaning up places like Baltimore City, just because we'll never compete with China if we produce people who can't read, can't write, have no understanding of the modern world. It's impossible for us to maintain this civilization and this level of prosperity unless we have people who actually learn and who can actually do math and read and be involved in doing the things that are practical. Chris and Giovanni, I want to thank you for joining me. I'm looking forward very much to following Giovanni's case, and I think the discovery process may, in fact, lead to remarkable new knowledge about just how bad the system is and how it works. Chris, I want to keep following your reporting for Project Baltimore, which people can watch at foxbaltimore.com. And I think the two of you really offer me hope for a better future, and I'm really delighted that you would join me on Newt's World. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I greatly appreciate you having us back on and we'll come on anytime. I think that what's happening in Baltimore City is something that does deserve more national attention. You talk about what we have already discussed in terms of the numbers and the data. I mean, that stuff is real. That's a major city in America that is seeing educational outcomes like that. And hopefully it can garner more attention and more solutions. Giovanni, thank you also. I mean, you're showing great courage and great discipline. It's the kind of citizenship we need more of. Thanks again for having me as well. And I look forward to being back. Thank you to my guests, Chris Pabst and Giovanni Patterson. You can get links to Chris's reporting on Project Baltimore on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Garnsey Sloan. Our producer is Rebecca Howe. And our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Pendley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. 
Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at Gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.